It's so good to be here this morning, and I, I uh, thank you each one for being here and for this opportunity to share God's Word. I trust and I've been praying that, that uh, this would be a time that um, God speaks to your heart. We're not into just a, a religious meeting, a, a church service, to have a church service. We, we want to meet with God, and we want to have God speak to our hearts, and uh, so I trust he'll do that this morning. That's what I've been praying for. You know, uh, something that is, is somewhat, uh, I guess, humorous to me is that uh, when I went to Bible school years ago, um, one thing I noticed in our, in our classes is that um, we laughed a lot. And, and they always had something funny, <laughs> funny uh, there. And, uh, I, you know, Sean gave me some joke books, and I just don't do well with those. But something... <laughs> Something that uh, was funny to me. I, I, hope the, I hope your Sunday school hour provides some humor for you. Ours does, or, or, or mine does anyway. And uh, something that, that uh, I hold that I've been thinking about here is uh, a month ago, I woke up Sunday morning and I, I felt really bad. And I thought, I'm not getting a cold. I'm not getting sick. I'm not going to let it happen. But Sure enough, it happened as the as time went on, it it did. And as I got in Sunday school, I was starting to really feel bad. And I I thought the guys were kind of picking up on that, you know, that I really felt bad. Maybe they did. Uh, well, Carl says to me, um, he says your wife dressed you up nice anyway, you know. And and uh, I I I was me. And this is what I said. I said, yeah, I look really good, you know. And that, that isn't what he meant. So all the guys laughed about that, but Carl said, that's not really what I'm saying. <laughs> I said, okay, thanks anyway. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I made it through the day, and, and uh, uh, I got feeling better, but uh, I was trying to draw a contrast there at that time that I may not, I, I look good even though I may not feel good. But that's, that was asking a little much, going a little too far for Brother Carl there. Uh, Let's, let's turn our Bibles to Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5, and I'm going to read uh, oh, a half a dozen or more verses. Amos chapter 5 says, Hear this word which I take up for you as a dirge, O house of Israel. Uh, she has fallen. She will not rise again. The virgin Israel, she lies neglected on her land. There is none to raise her up. For thus saith the Lord God, the city which goes forth a thousand strong will have a hundred left. The one which goes forth a hundred strong will have ten left to the house of Israel. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me that you may live, but do not resort to Bethel, and do not come to Gilgal, nor cross over to Beersheba, for Gilgal will certainly go into captivity, and Bethel will come to trouble. Seek the Lord that you may live, or he will break forth like a fire, O house of, of Joseph, and it will con consume with none to quench quench it for Bethel. And then verses um, 14 and 15 says, Seek good and not evil, that you may live. 
and thus may the Lord God of hosts be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil, love good, and establish justice in the gate. Perhaps the Lord of hosts may be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. See, I love, I love um, studying history. And what's fun uh, about history to me is not just what happened, but why it happened. And the Civil War has been, has been fun for me to study and to look into. As I've, I've looked into the Civil War just a little bit. Uh, it's been fun for me. I think back, and at that time there were, there were young men, and I'm talking like really, really young, uh, 14, 15 years old, that, that wanted to join up to a regiment, to the army, to do battle. And I'm thinking, that, you know, they don't have to. Why would, you, why would they want to do that? But in, in studying it and, and thinking about those times, uh, travel was not a common thing, and especially traveling widespread. At that time, uh, those young men, they may not leave the town where they grew up in. Most, most men were farmers, so they lived like in the same town. They doubtfully would, would leave the county the whole time they were growing up. But as the Civil War came out and there was battle, these men would be marching and traveling five and six states away. It was an exciting thing to them. And, and uh, it, just, it just changed everything. They... they grabbed onto that and went with it. So the point I'm making is that it, it, wasn't, it wasn't just what happened, but why it happened. And so with that in mind, I want to talk this morning about three pleas urging Israel to return to God. And that's what, we, that's what we're going to talk about here in Amos. Three pleas of is, uh, urging Israel to return to God. And when Amos ministered when he preached he was from the actually the southern kingdom of judah and he went up to the northern kingdom uh, and he wasn't very popular uh, he was just a farmer he said i'm not a prophet i'm not the son of a prophet i am he said i i'm amongst the sheep shearers i'm i'm i grow sycamore trees i'm just a farmer but he preached and god god used him um so before before we talk about what he says, the three pleas of urging men to turn back to God, men and women to turn back to God, I want to give kind of a, a picture of what was happening in Israel at that time, what was going on. <clears throat> what grieved the Lord at that time. The first thing, and, and this was kind of the impetus behind uh, why Amos, uh, will say, what he'll say in the next chapter. The first thing was luxury. There were those who lived in luxury. It isn't, a, it isn't a sin to be rich or to have the comforts of life if this is God's will for you. Abraham and David were wealthy men, yet they, they used what they had for God's glory. To live in luxury is to use what we have only for our own enjoyment and to ignore the needs of others. Uh, it means irresponsible, being irresponsible in a way we use our wealth 
wasting it on futile pleasures instead of using it for the good of others and for the glory of God. And notice uh, just a page back here in Amos chapter 3, it talks about their wealth. Amos 3.15 says, I will also smite the winter house together with the summer house. The house of ivory uh, will also perish and the great house will come to an end, declares the Lord. And, and verse 1 of chapter 4, hear this word, uh, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor and crush the needy. So, so they, were, they were oppressing the poor and living in luxury. Uh, the, the, they had, Israel had wrong values. So they lived, some of the folks lived in luxury. Others lived, uh, you know, there, were the, there was hypocrisy. Amos chapter 4, verse 4 says, uh, Enter Bethel, transgress, in, in Gilgal, multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning, uh, your tithes every day. And, and Amos is like being sarcastic here. He's saying, he's saying, oh, go to Bethel, go to Gilgal. Well, Bethel and Gilgal were important places for the, uh, for the Israelites. Bethel was a very special place to the Jewish people because of its association with Abraham and Jacob. At one time, the ark was kept at Bethel. But in Amos' day, it was the site of the king's chapel where Amaziah the priest served. Gilgal was also important to Israel because there were, that's where Joshua and the people camped when they first entered the promised land. Unfortunately, both of these places had become shrines where people worshiped pagan gods while claiming to worship the true God. And so Amos is being somewhat sarcastic here and say, oh yeah, go to Bethel, go to Gilgal. Uh, but they were, they were worshiping false gods there. Uh, Israel's revival was just a religious sham for their hearts were not serious about knowing God. Israel was acting religious, but their hearts were not really, hearts were not really into knowing God. So they, they lived in luxury, they lived in hypocrisy, and the last thing here, they lived in obstinacy or stubbornness. Israel experienced God's discipline, but they would not submit to his will. Consider the discipline that God sent to Israel to bring his people back to himself. And this is once again in chapter 4, verse 6, there was drought, uh, 7 and 8, there was destruction of crops. Uh, um, in verse 9, um, sickness in 10, defeat in 10, uh, catastrophe in verse 11. In, the, in these verses, Amos records five times, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Israel was stubborn to the core, but they bowed their necks and refused to listen to God's warning. So this, this is a picture of where Israel was at this time. So in the next chapter that we just read, chapter 5, Amos gives three pleas to, re to turn to God. And this is what he says. First of all, Amos 5, 1 says, hear this word, hear this word. And that's what, that's what God wants to impress upon every believer. Hear his word, hear the word of God. You know, our attitude toward God, my attitude toward God is... Um, 
And my attitude toward God's word is my attitude toward God. Jesus is the word of God. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that, that chapter goes on to say that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He, Jesus tabernacled among us. The Son of God took on an, an earthly body, and he lived amongst us. So the attitude toward, that we have toward the word of God is uh, the attitude we, that we'll have toward God. The Bible is full of exhortation to take it in, to take the Bible in, to drink deeply from the well of the word of God. Je Jesus quoted Moses when he says that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's just one verse. There are many. I, I just want to look at one more, which is um, uh, 2 Timothy 2.5. And uh, I memorized this in the King James, but I wanted to read it in the American Standard here because I think it's a more accurate rendering of it. 2 Timothy 2.5 says this, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of the word of truth be diligent work at it uh, and, and that's what the the word there in the original language me means it, it doesn't really mean as in the king james it says study to show thyself approved unto god the, that word there means be diligent work at it uh, exert effort uh, to uh, to be a workman approved of god uh, not be ashamed, but accurately uh, dividing the word of truth. Uh, in, in my mind, this is the battle in the Christian life. This, this is the battle in the Christian life. Our, our daily time with God. The time that we spend with God. As I've um, been a Christian for years now and and studied God's word, and I, I've heard different speakers speak, it's what they always bring up, your, your time alone with God, the time that you have with God. And that, that is so significant. That's where you feed your soul. That's where God speaks to your heart. Uh, that's, where, that's where we're changed. That's where we, we gain resolve to do the right thing. You know, uh, probably the one of the most impacting um, times in my life when I was at Bible college and, and the, the speaker I think of was um, actually the pastoral theology teacher and uh, I had the greatest respect for him. He, he was not, uh, w well, I'm not, I'll not say what he's not. He was, he was an old country preacher that had been at it for years and years and he knew his stuff. He knew his stuff. He, he wrote a book entitled How to, How to Plant, Pastor, and Promote the Local Church. And there had to be pushing 30 chapters in that book. But he, he, he pointed out, and this is what he said as he taught the class, that I think it was chapter 6 was entitled Alone with the Master. Alone with the Master. And 
that was the most important chapter in the book. And I'm, I never forget him saying that, that um, he said, if you, if you can get it in chapter six, he said, he said that you can throw the rest of this book away. He said, uh, you, don't, you don't need it. He said, you'll be a great success. But he said, if, if you don't get this chapter alone with the master and the time that you spend alone with God, he said, you could memorize the rest of the book and be a complete failure because that, that time alone with God is so vitally important. Um, I was listening this week to um, Christian radio, and I, I love doing that. Uh, I'm sure some of you do. Um, I was listening to uh, Wayne Cadero, pastor in uh, Hawaii, and he said something that, that really spoke to me. He was talking about his um, raising his children, and, and when, when, the, when the child was younger, the child would do stuff that he would just kind of write down because, because um, the child wouldn't understand it. But as time went on, he would share it with the child, and the child would better understand it. What he's saying is this, this happened over and over. And what his child would do was when his hands was dirty, he would rub his eyes, and his eyes would get infected. And um, he, he said that he, uh, he kept thinking, how many times does a father have to tell a child? How many times does this have to happen before this child catches on? And uh, he said that in his, in his ministry, at, as the summer went on and he was, he was busy, that uh, his time alone with God had really lacked. And he was, he was really lacking in the time that he spent with God. And uh, he said... Um, that as he was playing golf with another pastor, this pastor said to him, he said, um, hey, Wayne, did you read that article where they pointed out that pastors of churches that are really going are spending like 45 minutes or so or more in the word of God, alone with God every day, and that pastors that um, churches aren't really doing anything are spending like five minutes. And Wayne Cadero said, <laughs> it's like, in his mind, the clouds opened up, and God says, how many times do I have to tell, does a father have to tell the child to be in the word of God? And uh, it, it happens our, our whole life. It's, it's a discipline, but uh, that's what we need. we need. We need the word of God. We need the Lord to, to feed our souls. And, and, and this time alone with God is not, is not a time to to figure out something to share with your wife, how, what she needs, you know. It's not a time for me to figure out what to say to you to, to teach. It's, it's a time to feed your soul. What's God saying to your heart? That's important, what God is speaking to you. The first thing that, the first plea that Amos made was, hear the word of God. The second one was, seek the Lord. Notice verse 4, it says, for this says, Thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me that you may live. Seek me that uh, you may live. When we talk about seeking the Lord, I'd like to turn over here to Isaiah chapter uh, 55. 
and verses 6 and 7. Isaiah 55, um, verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteousness man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God and he will abundantly, abundantly pardon him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, the scripture actually says that for us to seek the Lord is something that, that God does within us. In Romans, Paul wrote, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth, and there's none that seek after God. So the scripture says that in ourselves, in our fallen nature, we don't seek after God. This is something that, that God does within us. But uh, because he does that, we can seek after God. You know, the, the, the truth of the scripture is that, that um, God made man and put him in a beautiful garden, but man turned away from God. Uh, God, in his uh, tremendous love, became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. He lived a sinless life. He, he uh, was crucified on the cross. He died. He was buried, and he rose again. And the scripture tells us that, that if... Uh, through faith, we trust in what he did. We can have eternal life. Through faith in the grace of God, we can have eternal life. Uh, the non-believer puts his faith and trust in Jesus. The believer seeks God. It's, it's like Jesus said uh, that his father draws them. He draws us to him. We seek God as he continues to work in our lives. And he does that for the, the believer also. In the book of Philippians, it tells us that, that God is at work both to, uh, in, in, in our lives to will and to do of his good pleasure. God puts desires within our heart that as we respond, we honor the Lord. Uh, a life of responding to God, God's promptis, promptings, uh, the desire of, uh, of our hearts. We do the, the desires of our heart. And the scripture tells us that, that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will put in us the desires of our heart. He will give us godly desires. He will, he will prompt us to do things that are good for us and that honor him. You know, in, in my life, uh, I remember specific times that it was, it was like a battle. God put a prompting in my heart to honor him, uh, but I had to obey. And each time we, each, each time we obey, uh, we grow spiritually. I recall um, going to Bible college, and I, I came home for the summer, and I knew, I knew that I needed to go back. I, you know, I, I needed to finish the course. That, that was the fact of the matter. But I got home, and... And things were all different. You see, at home, I made a lot better money. And I, I, I didn't have to study all the time. And uh, the area I lived in, everybody knew me. You know, hi, Paul, you know, say hi to me. Where, where I was going to Bible college, nobody knew me. I, I, I lived on rice and Campbell's soup 
tomato soup, I, I didn't eat very well. I mean, it was, <laughs> I didn't make much money. Um, and so, you know, there was, there was discouragement there. I really, I really struggled with the idea of going back to college. But as I did, God blessed. And I was so thankful, and I'm so thankful today that, that I did that. But that was, that was God putting within me the, the correct desire, the, 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 the desire to please him. I had to respond. Each time as we respond, we help ourselves and we honor the Lord. This has happened to me, I, I don't know how many times, but a few times really stand out in my mind. I, I remember um, after uh, a, a number of years uh, after I had not been involved in serving in a, a church and I was attending the, this church and I loved the pastor. We had a great relationship and, and uh, he calls me up one Tuesday night and says, um, Brother Paul, he says, you know, I need to be gone here in about a week for Sunday. And he says, I know that, that you've had some experience in ministry work before and as, as he's talking, I know what he's coming to. <laughs> and I'm saying... No can do, you know, I'm holding the phone, no can, I'm not, it's not going to, and, and uh, so after he talks for a while, he says, um, so what do you think? And I said, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> because, because as I was, as I was um, saying no to myself on the phone, God was saying yes. And I knew that, I knew that's what God wanted me to do. And um, I did it. And uh, it, it just opened up a, a great, encouraging time of being able to serve the Lord. I, I, to this day, have a great relationship with that pastor and just, just love the guy. And so as, as we respond, as we respond to God's uh, prompting, we will be glad that we did. The last thing I want to, to point out here that Amos, the last uh, plea that that Amos makes here for these people is to seek the good. Seek the good. Verses, or verse 14, it says, seek good and not evil. We're to, to hate evil and love good. True repentance begins with naming sins and dealing with them one by one. You know, um, we, we are to, to hate that which dishonors the Lord. And, um, you know, we we have to examine our hearts and our lives for that to happen. This is, it's not going to happen if when I pray, I say, now, Lord, if I did anything wrong, forgive me. Because that's, that's not being truthful. That's not being honest. It's, it's asking God to, 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 you know, the scripture says, search my heart. It's asking God to search our heart and, and to convict me of that, that I may, um, that I may, get rid of that in my life and and we can do that and uh, you have to be you have to be vigilant about about those those things in your life that are dishonoring to the lord when, when i think of being being vigilant i think in in my life of um, my the job that i do um the the uh the ups route that i do I have to, be, have to be vigilant about a few issues. There, there are a few things that if I don't do, I'll end my 
UPS career that day, because <laughs> that's that's what they say. Uh, you do this, you know, and and one of the things is that that sometimes the screen comes up in, in our dyad that says package requires a signature, must be 21 years of age or older, must check photo ID. Well, if I would let someone under 21 years of age sign that, my job's pretty much over because we have at UPS a lot of customers paying us a lot of money to assure that, that whoever that whatever it is, bottle of alcohol or whatever, goes to someone that's 21 years or older. And so uh, the, the point that I'm making is that there's things that, that you need to be vigilant about. And that's, that's one thing that I, I be vigilant about. I, I don't, when that screen comes up, I get nervous often. And I tell my wife that, that one time I checked this, this lady's uh, identification and actually what I was delivering was for her father but it just had to be someone at that residence that was 21 years or older, and she was 21 years old that day. And <laughs> I delivered it to her, but <laughs> I, I didn't want to. It just made me so nervous. I, I thought, no, this is too close. <laughs> but she was there, so I delivered it to her. Um, be vigilant about, about hating evil, about... Uh, uh, Exam allowing God to examine our hearts and, and then uh, hate evil, love good. Um, practically speaking, we, and, and what this passage talks about is love justice, love, right, love righteousness, uh, and telling the truth. We can only successfully love good by loving God. Uh, as we watch him at work in our lives, trust him and thank him every day. We, we learn to love him. Watch him at work in our lives and thank, and thank him Trust him every day. And, you know, uh, we have, each one of us has so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. Um, I've had some surgeries this year, and, and it would be easy for me to, to whine and say, man, I didn't make much money. I was out of work. I, I could really do some whining if I wanted to do that. But if you want to look at it realistically, God has tremendously blessed me and that he allowed me to have some, some surgeries and some physical problems uh, fixed that um, I, I, if I didn't have my insurance, I don't know how I'd ever pay for them. I mean, the insurance company, they put out a bundle of money fixing me this year. And, and I thank God for that. And, and, and there is just uh, a bunch of things that we can thank God for. Uh, we talked in the in, in years gone by about what we called God sightings. And if we're looking for God, He is He's there. He is actively at work in our lives. He is this year He has been actively at work in my life, and I thank Him for that. That as I practice that and as I live that and I and as I thank Him, I learn to, to love God. And I love what is good. Amos said, hear the word of God, seek the Lord, and seek good. So, as we, we talk about these things today, we need to ask ourselves, um, is God playing with each one of us? Are we listening to God's word? Are we 
seeking the Lord? Are we praying? And are we really loving God? That's the question for each one of us. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I'm so thankful for your word and the opportunity to share your word and the time that we've had together today. And, and I'm thankful for these truths, and I'm thankful for Amos, and, and I'm thankful how, how clearly he just laid things out there. Just, just a farmer, but, but he got his point across. And Lord, I pray that uh, these things that we've talked about, that each one of us would purpose in our heart, if we don't already do them, to, to really, to really uh, apply them to our lives, to listen to your word, to hear your word, to, to make it a point to get along with you, to, to, to spend time with you, to be in your word every day, to, to allow you to, through your word to, to feed our souls. And Lord, I pray that we would seek you from the heart, that, that we, would, um, we would seek you, God, and that uh, we, would, we would love you and seek what is good. Lord, I thank you for this time together. Uh, please continue to work in our hearts. Draw men and women to yourself, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.